This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you in the market for a new pair of headphones? Studio Sweden wants to revolutionize the way we see headphones and makes it a priority to create headphones that are not just a tech device, but also an accessory. The tray model comes with a clip to keep the cord secured to your shirt, a leather carrying pouch, and changeable ear pads for a comfortable, custom fit. They provide worldwide shipping with tracking, so check them out at studiosweden.com and get 15% off when you enter code MOMSANDMURDER at checkout. This holiday season, we will be taking tons of photos of our kids. After all, someone has to pretend mom was cool enough to buy fun gifts and wasn't a hot mess every day of the year. But what do we do with all these photos? CreatePhotoCalendars.com offers the perfect solution with their high-quality, personalized calendars. In just minutes, you can create beautiful calendars using photos from your computer, your phone, or your Instagram account. They have a variety of page layouts and background designs to make your calendar unique and give the illusion that you have your act together. You can add birthdays and personal events, which the website will save to make it easier to purchase a calendar every year. The best part is that most orders print and ship within 48 hours. To create your own calendar, visit createphotocalendars.com and use the exclusive code PODCAST at checkout and get up to 55% off. Hey guys, and welcome to the Moms and Murder Podcast, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my friend, Melissa, who is not sick like me today. Hey, Melissa. Hi, and I'm not even old this week, so I appreciate that. <laughs> we, we have a little bit of a new setup, and it's hard to see you. Like yeah. Floating microphone. Yes, but hopefully it will make your life easier when it comes to editing these things. There's just so many thumps. I can't take the thumps, so <laughs> hopefully you guys will notice less thumps. Yes. Um, we don't really have a lot of big announcements today. This is our last episode before Christmas, so... I hope everybody's getting excited about that. I know it can be a really stressful time of year. There's not much time left to finish up all of your last minute shopping and all that stuff. I know I still have shopping that I need to do and I'm stressing out about it. And I just wish I was one of those people who Ugh. could do all my shopping like by September and just be done with it. I know. That, those people actually exist. They the do exist. <laughs> I don't understand them, but good for them. I Yeah, I'm like, thank God for Amazon two-day shipping because I can plan two days out, but that's it. And if there's a delay in shipping, you're just not getting a gift and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the queen of... Um, your gift is on the way. Yeah. I'll give it to you whenever I see you next time after Christmas. So sorry. <laughs> Slash, I'm saving money to buy this after Christmas. Right. So, <laughs> um, we just have a couple quick announcements. Big news for the New Year's for moms. Um, if you haven't already, check out I'm Mom So Hard. They are two funny ladies living in California, but from the Midwest. They've created all these videos. I don't even know how to explain it. Just fun little mom life kind of thing. Everything they do, they do so hard. Yeah, they do it so hard. So like they Thanksgiving so hard, they Christmas so hard, they um, they worry so hard, they whine so hard, like all those kind of things, little topics. Not wine, like yeah, yeah. Act, drink w -I -N -E. wine. <laughs> Their kids, W-H-I-N-E, or at least mine do. Um, so anyway, they're a lot of fun, but we are going to have them on in the new year and um, tentatively, we will be releasing that on January 16th. You will hear more about that from us. Absolutely. My goodness, because we're our brains are blowing up at this point. Um, also, uh, you guys might have received emails if you are Patreon supporters of us. Thank you so much. Um, that Patreon was restructuring their fee schedule, and they have changed their mind on that and realized it was a terrible idea and uh, and really have tried to make amends with that. So if you're a supporter, wonderful. If you were kind of on the fence about supporting um, various podcasts or creators, um, things are back to normal. So um, our Patreon page is patreon.com slash momsandmurderpodcast if you wanted to be a part of that. Lots of new things coming in the new year. So those are our big announcements for this week. Mandy. 
take it over. All right, guys. So today's case is about a double murder of a young couple, and the case is really shocking, I guess, because... Yeah, we still just... need more adjectives, because that doesn't even fit <laughs> what this is. Well, it's all social media-based, yes. so that's, of course, the life that we all live in today, right. so it's relatable in that sense. Hopefully, that's where it yeah, ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, social media, as we all know, has really become a big part of our society, and the way that we interact with each other, and you meet people that you may not have even met before right. if, if it weren't for the internet. So mm -hmm. in that sense, it's kind of a blessing. It's also great for if you have family and friends that are not nearby and you can share, they can see, you know, yeah. everything going on in your life. That's also a negative. Right. <laughs> of course, that is also one of the downsides. So it's a great way to stay connected to anyone and everyone. But everybody has also seen the ugly dark side of using social media. Right. And sometimes it's not as great because then it really detaches you from actually getting out there and face to face, you know, talking to people. Or, I have a few friends who <laughs> I have a few friends who have actually deactivated their social media just because they yeah. felt like it was too impersonal. Yeah. And they're losing that connection with people. So I understand that, but I'm looking for impersonal. So if I can friend you from afar and we never have to do anything together and like I don't have to change out of pajamas. Perfect. Right. That's my life. <laughs> that is my level. <laughs> so today's story is about how a woman named Janelle Potter used the internet to catfish her own parents in a twisted plot to have a young couple murdered. So catfishing, Melissa, why don't you go ahead and explain what catfishing is? <laughs> First of all, I did not know the term catfish until I saw the documentary with Nev from MTV's Catfish, Nev and Max. Or the Neve. It's the Neve. best show ever, yeah, it honestly. Is. It's like, that's the one thing that I will sit and binge watch. Really? Yeah. Really? Because <laughs> it's basically the same story 3,000 times. But right. the first season of it, you're just, your mind is blown. So yeah, so the idea of catfishing is people pretending to be somebody else on the internet. And um, yeah, I don't think I've ever run into a catfish, but I've said before, my sister and I basically were the original catfishes and tried to talk to old men online, I guess, and <laughs> or pretend we were old men. I don't really understand what we were doing, but we should have been better supervised. That's all I can <laughs> say. So Janelle Porter left, led an extremely sheltered life in which her parents kept her under their thumb. She suffered from type 1 diabetes and was thought to have learning disabilities and functioned on a much, much lower level than expected at all stages of her life. Her only sister, Christy, said that her disabilities weren't as bad as the family said they were and that Janelle would lie about not knowing how to do things only to laugh about it later, which would drive me. <laughs> Christy, who had been estranged from the family for over a decade, good for her, uh, told ABC News that her parents would try to make Janelle fit in, but then they would also tell her how different she was, and it became a struggle to make friends on her own. Janelle continued to have a hard time making friends when the family moved to Mountain City, Tennessee in 2005. So the whole thing with her, the way that her parents kind of treated her and on some level, I feel like it was very, like, mentally abusive in a way. It was very, yeah. like, manipulative. That's kind of just what they did. You know, they – it's almost like they didn't want her to go out and be her own person ever. They wanted to just keep her yeah. young and, you know, protected all the time. And there's just something – really not right about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody – you have to let your kids grow up and have experiences. And, I mean, I, I understand that you, it's kind of scary. But yeah. I think it's – I don't, it doesn't sit well with me to like think of someone telling their kids like, but you are different and like, yeah. you're never going to be like the other kids. Like, yeah. that's not cool. Like what kind of thing is that to say? I you know? do understand that the flip side of that is if your kid is kind of different, which I don't know if you, you know, tell them that they're I don't different. Think, no. I mean, you don't say but like your you're head, different. No, no. <laughs> you, you, know? you say they're special, <laughs> but you know, my son is lovely, but socially he's a little bit awkward at this point. And so I do understand wanting to protect protect them, but also pushing them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say you, you can't play with those kids or anything. They're not going to want to play with you. I, I encourage them to, but there is a part of me that kind of wants to be like, just play with me. I'll just play with you and push you in the park and do whatever. And I'll just be your best friend. So <laughs> I have to fight my urge to be these parents, to be honest. <laughs> so by the time she was 30 years old, she had a room full of stuffed animals that she called her friends and her parents kept tab on all of her social media accounts. She had never worked, gotten a driver's license or been with a man. So on the subject of Janelle's parents, they were named Barbara and Marvin, or Buddy Potter. They were really simple, 
God-fearing, religious. Uh, they loved weapons. Really, guns and knives was the main thing that Buddy really uh, liked to have in his life. And we'll talk a little bit more about just how many guns and knives that he had. A couple. <laughs> yeah. So Barbara had worked for Hewlett Packard, and Buddy was a former Marine who served in Vietnam and claimed to have also worked for the CIA. Although nobody in the family, not his wife, not either one of his daughters, could actually verify that he did. Hmm. They always just said, well, that's what he said. But we never asked questions, and supposedly he's just not allowed to discuss that. So, I mean, I understand that. But yeah. I feel like, I mean, I feel do like people who are in the CIA, their, their spouses the really don't that's know? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's a sidetrack. But how would he have even been able to say I was in the CIA? That doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> right. first rule of CIA is would be you don't, don't tell people CIA. you're in CIA. <laughs> Second rule is don't tell these that crap lady women that you're, <laughs> that you're in. So, so Janelle was always kept under very close supervision and with super, super strict house rules. And that included, these actually don't sound too strict I know, at I'm first. I'm thinking Mandy. <laughs> so, that included like no midnight curfew, no smoking and drinking, no partying of any kind. But then what the part that I say is super, super strict is that they kept these rules in place when Janelle reached adulthood and of course was still living at home and she's in her twenties and they still have these rules. Like you got to be home by midnight. You can't go out and have a drink. You can't really have friends. And like, you know, they didn't want her to do any of that. So yes, when you're a teenager, that's a great set of rules. (laughs) When you're 25, that's a little strange to me Yeah, (laughs) you have all these rules that you can't do any of this stuff. True. So one day, Janelle was in the local pharmacy picking up some prescriptions when she met a pharmacy clerk named Tracy Greenwell. First of all, just so you guys know as we go on, there are 5,000 names in this story, and you might need to take notes or listen (laughs) twice, whatever you got to (laughs) do. Tracy felt sorry for Janelle because she knew how sheltered and how sick she was, and she began inviting Janelle along to hang out with her and her friends. For the first time in Janelle's life, she was experiencing things that she had never had before, and she was having a blast while doing it. Among the people that Tracy introduced Janelle to was Tracy's brother, Billy Payne. Having been somewhat socially stunted, Janelle quickly developed feelings for Bill that um, spiraled into an almost obsession with him. I feel like we've all known a person like that who like latches on to someone, even though they don't really know them. You just met them. Right. right. So I could totally picture this whole scenario like playing out. Doesn't (laughs) this also have like a little bit of the vibes of like Gypsy and Rose Blanchard? Yes. Remember that? Like it's a little bit of the how how much sickness is does a child actually have versus how much is the mom creating really? Right. Yes, I agree. So eventually Tracy introduced Janelle to another man that she was trying to set her up with. And his name was Jamie Curd. So Jamie was the cousin of Tracy and Billy Payne. So this is all in the family. Everybody's <laughs> oh, just <laughs> literally all of this is in the family. <laughs> so it was kind of an unlikely matchup because Jamie was an older guy and he was a little more rough and tumble, a little rough around the edges. A little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But he liked to work on, or I don't know if he liked to, but he was good at working on computers and that was sort of what he did I guess as a hobby, I didn't really that guess was it. Shop- shocking to me. He was it a little shocking? It was. He that didn't, dude not he didn't look, like, look like an IT guy. No, no, no. Yeah. I yeah, no. If that was your <laughs> IT guy, you'd have some questions. If he showed up at my door saying I'm the IT guy, I would call the company and be like, Did, "Is this the guy you sent out here?" Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't know if I would. Believe I'd it. start with the police on that one. Yeah. <laughs> So um, he would occasionally go to the Potter home and do work on their PC. Well, I'm confused. What, what <laughs> work is there new? to do? How good was he if he needs to constantly be there working on their PC? I can say with absolute <laughs> confidence, I don't think I've ever hired someone to come no. into my home and work on my mm-hmm. computer. Um, that just seems like a very like 1990s thing when computers were first like a thing in households, you know, that's not something that happens. I know. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. If my husband can't fix it, it's broken. Exactly. It's just we'll just buy a new one. I yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> so. well, or you just won't have one. Exactly. That's the case for me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so behind closed doors, though, Janelle and this man, Jamie, would kind of sneak away and be, like, taking selfies of them kissing each other. Mandy. And just canoodling yeah. is what I wrote. I hate that word so much. Why? I almost didn't say it, but that's Ugh. what it, that's what it was. Um, so of course they had to hide this from Janelle's overbearing parents because they probably would have gone through the roof if they knew that this man that they, you know, the computer guy (laughs) was in their daughter's bedroom. By the way, she's like in her late twenties. So this is totally fine. She's like premenopausal at this point. (laughs) 
So as the relationship grew more and more serious, Jamie gave Janelle a cell phone so that she could talk to him without her parents knowing because the parents, like you said before, kept tabs on everything that she did, social media accounts, cell phone, text messages. They were looking into all of it. Of course, under the guise of keeping her safe. Right. You know, and keeping... I don't even, I don't get it. Um, So Janelle says that she would talk on the phone daily for an hour or two at a time with Jamie. But uh, little did Jamie know, Janelle was still secretly thinking an awful lot about his cousin, Billy Payne. (laughs) That sentence is so hard to hear. (laughs) It's just a difficult sentence for me to take. (laughs) I'm sorry. There's going to be giggles this week. There's just <laughs> we said things. they would because yeah. we really didn't last week. So this no, week we we're having a good job. time. This I week. got lots of comments about there was just not enough giggles. So even though it seemed like Janelle was finally developing a social life, her social media life was not so great. She began receiving anonymous comments on her Facebook page containing threats against her, as well as saying mean comments about her and towards her. As was typical, Janelle's mom stepped in and begged for people to stop posting these things on Janelle's Facebook. (laughs) Was this before Facebook had like a block feature or like a hide feature? I guess they just don't know how to use those things. It's like somebody that just writes on the on their Facebook page. Just this was only in 2012. This was not that long ago. So I know, but you've seen people that write on their. Oh, my husband's grandma is the sweetest lady in the world, (laughs) and she used to write under comments like. Like she would just type the word like <laughs> under everything, <laughs> and uh, and at one point there was like five fake profiles going of her, and no one knows why, but she could not get rid of them, and somebody really wanted to be her. Oh but yeah, gosh. so I do know these kind of these people that just don't get. If it. you're not on social media a lot, if you, you just don't if you didn't kind of grow right. up as this went on, I can see how that would be difficult. Janelle thought she may have known who was responsible for the cyberbullying, and she pointed her finger squarely at a woman named. Billie Jean Hayworth. (laughs) So what was interesting about Billie Jean Hayworth is that she happened to be engaged to Billy Payne. So keep up here, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Billie Jean and Billy are an item. They are fiancés. They're engaged. They're fiancés. I couldn't get the word off my tongue. Um, So, of course, Billy Payne is the man that Janelle has been infatuated with for all this time. So Tracy Greenwell, Billy's sister, said that Janelle hated Billie Jean and would be constantly talking bad about her, saying nasty things about her. And she was just extremely jealous of Billie Jean and the fact that she had a seven-month-old son with Billy. So friends of Janelle stated that she would say such terrible things that she wished Billie Jean and Billy and even the baby yeah. would just die. Ugh. That's not a normal thing no. to even think or say about an infant baby that no. has nothing to do with anything. Just no. because you are mad that you can't have this guy, leave the baby out of it. I know. I mean, seriously, that just made me so mad. Like, just I know. really? Like, who says something like that about a baby? No. Um, so, Janelle. And why was nobody panicked about this? Like, that's a terrifying statement that if somebody would say that, you have to wonder what they're capable of. Right, right. To say it about a baby. I agree. And I understand, like, people talking crap about other people they don't like, but. If you start saying it about children, oh my gosh, that's, yeah. that's a whole nother level. Um, so Janelle felt that Billie Jean was just jealous of her looks and said that that's why Billie Jean didn't like her and was t- taunting her online because she was jealous of Janelle's great right. looks and she was so attractive. So Tracy said that Janelle was constantly saying that someone was mad at her or didn't like her or that someone wanted to kill her and that she was very paranoid about it. So this was kind of also what Janelle was feeding to her parents. Like, these people are bullying me online. They're saying they want to hurt me. They want to lure me somewhere and rape me. And, like, you know, was kind of feeding all of this to her parents. And, of course, her parents are horrified. Right. Because this is, like, the very thing that they're trying to protect her from. Right. But, in a sense, I kind of got the impression that if they hadn't raised her in this manner and planted these, like, seeds in her head that this world is such a scary place and these people, you know, we Mm -hmm. have to protect you from all of this – Maybe she wouldn't have been felt like she had to, or you know, even had the idea to do yeah. that. Because that's just very strange to say things like that, and so extreme. It is terrifying. There was one incident where a rock showed up in the potter's yard with the names Billy Payne and Billy Jean written on it. 
if someone could explain this to me, <laughs> right. if you're going to threaten somebody with a rock in their yard, would you put your calling card on it? Or wouldn't you <laughs> like, throw it through the window? <laughs> why, why would you like just put your names on it? Like it's the equivalent of writing, you know, Melissa was here on a right. desk. That's not a threat. That's nothing. So eventually both sides unfriended each other on Facebook, but that was far from the end of the story. Have you ever unfriended somebody on Facebook? I have. Yeah. I hide everyone. Everyone. I have. I go through and do like a little cleanup every once in a while just because, I mean, I have people on there that are from high school or that I like knew from like previous jobs or whatever. You didn't and even that, like then and you're right, stuck in Exactly. So I don't want to keep them on, especially now that I have kids. I'm a lot more paranoid about yeah. who has access to all that. So yeah. I do go in and do that a little bit. One thing I thought was funny though, it goes back to like the not really knowing how Facebook works, was that when Janelle was talking about how she unfriended Billie Jean or whatever, right. she was like, well, because the guy interviewing her for 2020 was like, well, who unfriended who first? And she was like, well, we both unfriended each other. Well, I'm sitting here like, that's not how this works. Yeah, when, yeah. when one person does it, you don't have to do it. It's any, over. It's done. It's like, over. The job is done. You don't exactly. have to do it. So yeah, so she was like, well, she did it first and then I unfriended her. And so I was just like, I just wanted to go through the TV and be like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not how any of this works. I don't unfriend people because I am, I've always been kind of afraid that somebody would notice that I unfriended them and then they'd be offended. But I will hide Literally anybody, depending on the day, even if I like them. If you are on vacation in Aspen and I'm cleaning up permanent marker off the wall and my kids just pooped in the yard, you're getting hidden. You're getting hidden. I just can't take your happy life today. I might go back and unhide you, but you know, I just feel like for my own mental health, it's really helpful. But if your life's a crap storm, I'm like keyed into that. I will watch I that add all you day. to my favorites that I want yeah, notifications. Yeah, for. I want to know everything going on in your life. Mandy's at the top of my list. <laughs> If you listen to as many podcasts as us, you understand the importance of good quality headphones that not only have impeccable sound clarity, but are also comfortable enough to wear for long periods of time throughout the day. Mandy and I recently ordered the newest model of Studio Sweden brand headphones, the Tray, and we're so excited to share a little about them with you. The Tray model are wireless Bluetooth earbuds with nine plus hours of active battery life and 10 days of standby life. These headphones provide sound transparency, which is great for moms like us who want to be able to listen to our pods and music while still being aware of what's happening around us. This feature, along with the fact that the earbuds are made of sweatproof material, would also make them a great choice for those with an active lifestyle. They provide worldwide shipping with a tracking number, so check them out at studiosweden.com and get 15% off when you enter code MOMSANDMURDER at checkout. On January 31st, 2012, a friend of Billy and Billy Jean arrived at their home to retrieve his mail, which had been forwarded to the couple's address where they also lived with Billy Payne Sr. Dear Lord, the amount of Billy's <laughs> in this story. There's just so much family. It's just yeah. everybody's family. Um, so when that friend arrived, he noticed that the door at the home was open slightly, but he didn't really think much of it because Billy Sr., frequently would forget to lock up the house. I also didn't get the impression that this was a neighborhood that you necessarily had to be really concerned about locking up your house. Yeah. It, it was like a small town. Yeah. Small town, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's you know. basically it, yeah. <laughs> so when he entered the home, the first thing he heard was the sound of the baby crying back in one of the bedrooms, which wasn't really unusual, of course. A baby lives in the house. That's not weird yeah. to hear a baby crying. So he uh, kind of waited a little bit, and he eventually started realizing that nobody was going to console the baby. Right. And so he started calling out for Billie Jean and walking towards that area. So he was calling for her while walking down the hallway and saying, you know, Billie Jean, it's me, you know, I'm here, like, you know, whatever. And he sadly got to the baby's bedroom and he opened the door and he made the first of two grisly discoveries. And that was that Billie Jean had been shot in the face. And this part is really awful and heartbreaking, guys. So... Just a fair warning. Just a warning here. Um, she was shot as she was holding her son in her arms and died with him in her arms. So this man who had found this basically just picked up this blood-soaked baby that was yeah. cradled in his mother's arms who had been shot in the face. That just gave me like chills to even like, I just can't even imagine. No, I can't even monsters. imagine. monsters. There's just yes. no other word for it. Um just absolutely terrible. So then, of course, he went on to the rest of the house looking for Billy Payne Jr. And then made the discovery that he had also been shot in the face. And he also had his throat cut. And I believe he was in the bedroom, their yeah. ma uh, master bedroom. A call was made to 911 and the story of the tragic murder began to unfold. 
The crime scene was clean and there wasn't any physical evidence left behind to work with. Detectives began entertaining the idea that this was a paid-for hit on the young couple, but it wasn't long before detectives showed up at the Potter home to question the family. Police were already well aware of Janelle's paranoia and her ideas that she was being targeted in cyberbully attacks. In fact, two women had already sought a restraining order against Janelle, and a third person had filed harassment charges against her. How much are you harassing people that right. they've gone to the cops about you? Right. That's, that's a lot. One of these women was Lindsay Thomas, who stated that at one point, Janelle would call her phone 5 to 20 times a day, and it all started because Lindsay had unfriended Janelle on Facebook. That harassment charge was eventually dismissed. A female relative of Janelle's told the same story of how she was harassed by Janelle and an unknown male and also said that it all started when she took her off Facebook, unfriended her. In August 2010, another woman sought a restraining order claiming that Janelle and her mother had both been both harassed her and threatened her in her own home. But Janelle had also filed for a couple of restraining orders of her own back in 2009 when she claimed that two women had stalked her for more than a year. In one of those instances, Janelle said that she was upset one of these quote-unquote stalkers had removed her from a section on her MySpace profile for her favorite people. You gotta <laughs> love your favorite people on MySpace. Oh, man. The level that this person takes it to when she gets unfriended is actually horrifying and just totally validates yeah. my idea that I don't want any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that is terrifying. How angry can you really be if someone, but I guess this is why you just hide people. That's why you hide people. <laughs> hide them all. No, I, um, if somebody, if I thought somebody unfriended me, I would just not Move on say my anything. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't think to be like, did you unfriend me? Obviously they unfriended you. They did not slip and push the wrong button. They meant to do that. Like, don't hurt yourself more by going down that road. But I also love the MySpace. Remember whenever they had like, your top eight friends. <laughs> and there was no way to do it without hurting people's feelings left and right. And you try not to be upset if right. you weren't like higher up on somebody's list. But like, I very, very much remember my friend RJ writing me and asking why he wasn't ranking up higher and thinking, oh gosh, I gotta, I gotta it's move some things around. It's just a feature. It's, it's terrible. Like, announce to everyone who's your favorite. Yeah. Like, and they you know, can move like, very quickly. Right. You know, but then they moved it to 16. And once they went to 32, I'm like, well, I'm out. I don't even like 32 people. I don't even I don't have like that many 16 people. people. No. Now I'd be like top two people and be you and my husband. And then I'd sometimes consider throwing both of you off. <laughs> so when detectives showed up to question the Potters on February 1st, they secretly recorded the interview, which would later be used as evidence in the case. During the questioning by police, Janelle was asked about her boyfriend, Jamie Curd, and she denied having any kind of romantic involvement with him. So she is still trying to hide this relationship from her parents. Of course, the police are now there questioning, saying, like, what about this guy, Jamie? Is he your boyfriend? And, and the parents are the first ones to pipe up, and they're like, no. Mm -mm. Like, like yeah. nope, definitely not. He's just not. our IT guy every day of the week. Right? <laughs> right. We got a lot of weird viruses. We tried to send a lot of money to a Ni Nigerian prince. <laughs> Did not go well. <laughs> so, so Janelle also was like, no, no, like he's just a really good friend. And her voice is much more mousy than mine. <laughs> so. That's another thing that reminds me of the gypsy Blanchard and everything. Like the real high pitch childlike yeah. voice. Yeah. Very, very, much so. very childlike. Um, so of course everyone's denying that Jamie is anything other than a really good friend of the family and a really good computer guy. So they, police are not really so sure about that though. They kind of know that there's more to that relationship than what they are leading on. Right. So they actually bring Jamie in for questioning and they give him a polygraph test. This is later on that week. Well, he failed the polygraph test. And one of the questions that he failed, like that it came back, you lied, was when they asked him whether or not he knew the identity of Billie Jean and Billy's killer. So meaning he did know the identity yeah, yeah. of the killer. So they believed at that point that they really had gotten their guy and they began trying to coax a confession out of him. But hours and hours and hours of interrogation went by and he still denied having anything to do with the murder. But then suddenly he asked the investigators a really strange question so he said uh is the cia here <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the detectives of course were like what yeah <laughs> like why would you ask us that you know that's yeah. kind of a strange thing and then he 
had told them that, well, he had been speaking with someone who supposedly worked for the CIA. He had been texting back and forth with this man. Sure. Named, yeah. Just sure. sending regular text messages back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Having daily conversations with a CIA operative agent uh, named Chris. Right. And that uh, the extent of Chris's work was that he was down there in middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Yeah. Just to keep tabs on Janelle and keep her and her family safe. That's what he was there for. Yeah. So the what? police obviously were like, I don't know about that. <laughs> so they were kind of scratching their heads and wondering, what is that all about? Like, that's kind of a weird thing. Well, and it would end up being a really big break in the case. It was about 10 p.m. and Jamie had been under interrogation for six hours when he finally cracked under pressure. And when detectives asked who shot the young couple, Jamie willingly named Janelle's fa father, Buddy Potter. The detectives were absolutely stunned. At first, they truly did not believe that Buddy was capable of pulling off this type of crime because he suffered from some health issues and involved him needing to carry an oxygen tank. Detectives decided to set Buddy up and get a taped confession, and they needed Jamie to help them do it. From the police station, Jamie made a phone call to Buddy and tried to coax a confession out of him. And while they did get something, it wasn't quite the solid confession they needed. Although... I feel like this is a lot. I do too. <laughs> Gotta be honest. You can go to jail for a lot less than this. Jamie can be heard on the call saying, well, they're pointing fingers, to which Buddy responds with Mandy's favorite line of all time. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thus making this a Christmas episode. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. <laughs> and then Jamie asked Buddy if he got rid of everything from Billy's house. And Buddy just said, uh-huh. Does no one know how police calls work or anything? Like, is no one paying attention at all? Right. You're going to kill somebody. Right. Pay attention. Do a little bit, like a basic level of research. Basic. But don't do it on your own computer, idiots, because they'll find that. Although this great IT guy could probably wipe it, clean. wipe it off. Yeah, right. He would probably take an actual wipe to a computer. <laughs> <laughs> so detectives returned to the Potter residence to get Buddy and bring him in for questioning, but they knew already about his really impressive gun collection, so they knew they had to kind of be really careful because you don't want to go rolling up on a man who's packing heat. <laughs> Mandy, that is so many slang things you just said, rolling up on somebody packing heat. You know you just got older. You can't say that anymore. Oh, well... Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Sure enough, Buddy was armed when the police showed up, but they were able to apprehend him without incident, and he was taken in for questioning. So Buddy initially denies everything. He said, he did say that uh, Janelle had been having some problems with people harassing her online and making these threats to their entire family. They were threatening his wife. Just, it was just a big 
threat fest. Apparently, right. everybody was being threatened. I mean, these are keep in mind these are all adults though. All okay? adults. Like these are not teenagers at this point. These are like people that are in their twenties and even upper twenties. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just, no. I don't get it. Um, if you have that level of online drama, just delete everything and just delete your life. You just don't need any of that. So after four hours of speaking with detectives, he placed a phone call to his wife, Barbara, and police got as close to a, a confession as what they would be a- able to get in this case. And he said to her, before you find out from somebody else, I want you to know I was involved in it. I did it. Some of it. So she was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever she heard that. And she was in complete denial, though. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. just made me fume. I was so mad. I, I Something about whenever people can't accept things like that. And obviously, she already has known about all this that's been going on. Right. So for her to act like, oh, like clutching her pearls over, yeah, yeah. acting like she has no idea how this happened. Like, really? Come on. Yeah. You know, come on. So she claimed that because Buddy did not have his oxygen or medication with him during you know, all these hours of interrogation that he may have been confused or disoriented and maybe would say something that possibly wasn't really true or didn't make a lot of sense. That was her story. She was sticking to it. We watched some of the interrogation that was shown on 2020. He seemed like he was totally normal and cognizant. I totally believe you can have false confessions and that people can break under pressure and stuff. There was just too much else going on in this story to for the fingers to point to anybody else. It just doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, back at the Potter home, a search warrant was being executed. Police took 51 items from the home into evidence, including the family computer. Inside the home, they found printed off photos of the victims, including some of some photos of Billie Jean and her friends. As police were gathering the evidence, Barbara was caught red-handed ripping up some of the photographs. They had them in their living room. Just like It was weird, out. and it wasn't even like Billie Jean and Billie together and their baby. Right. It was like Billie Jean hanging out with her friends. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, why do you need those? Like, why else would you have those right, printed right. off in your home? They also impounded Buddy's truck, which contained three full trash bags of shredded paper and documents. That's not weird. <laughs> no. And, like, nobody could drive to the dump. Like, right. what were you guys doing? One agent working the case was tasked with taping all the paper back together. I, I heard that this took a month. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yes. I believe it. How do you even start that project? I... I would not. I, I don't set know. Myself on fire. I, that's the, yeah, that's like the job that you give to like the guy who was just hired yesterday because or who yeah. would want to do that? I would be so overwhelmed with that. Like I feel like I would just literally cry at looking at all this I would papers, literally shred. set it on fire and be like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, gotta gotta find something else. You're not getting a job at any police station. No, <laughs> nor should I. The police knew after seeing more than a hundred pages of what turned out to be emails that they had some kind of a conspiracy on their hands. The emails kept referring to Chris, the supposed CIA agent who had been writing back and forth to Barbara, warning her about threats to her daughter's life. Chris claimed he was watching these people and they were harassing Janelle on the computer and calling her. But detectives knew something was off about this, and upon closer inspection, they learned that the emails from Chris were sent from the same IP address as the Potter's home computer. It's coming from inside the house. (laughs) Also, you know what this reminds me of? Did you ever watch the SNL? Chris Burns, your company's computer guy. He's like terrible. Somebody will Can you sing that again? No, I did it once. It might get edited. I don't know. But anyway, that's what this guy reminds me of. Anytime he would like, people would be like, well, sometimes whenever I do this on the computer and he'd be like, move. And he'd come over and take the whole thing. I feel like he was a better IT guy than this guy. Because if he's not tracing like, hey, where is this IP address coming from this? CIA officer, I can oh. do this. Really? I didn't bother to figure this out. <laughs> Got some questions there, Chris Burns. So it didn't take long Nick for the Burns. didn't take long for the real detectives to figure Sweet out goodness. that Janelle was Chris and that she had created this whole entire fake identity just to really be online and be as hateful as she wanted to be and to fool her parents and taunt her father basically into murdering uh, for her. So she was really feeding into her mom and dad's delusions about that she was in some sort of danger, you know, which, like I said before, I think is a seed that they themselves had planted in their head. So maybe if they hadn't done all that, then none of this would have happened. Right. so the, e- the reconstructed emails were actually really, really incriminating for Barbara, and she was the main person that was in contact with Chris. So this is Janelle's mother. Right. In the emails, 
Chris, air quotes, said that he was doing some surveillance and intelligence work, and he told Barbara that he was watching their every move and knew about the alleged Facebook drama between Janelle and her friends. In several of the emails exchanged, Barbara is seen talking to Chris about wanting to murder Billie Jean Hayworth and Billy Payne. In one email, she actually writes, we've had enough. No one wants to kill anyone, but we will. Genius. So Genius. I don't know how you can deny any of that. Um, because they have an IT guy, Mandy. He can take <laughs> care of all of this. So police turned their attention now to Janelle and her mom, Barbara, and wanted to know just where the two of them were during the morning of this murder. So they seized Janelle's cell phone, in which they found a text message to Jamie Curd at 4.39 a.m. And it said, yes, he's leaving now. I hear the car. And then one minute later, she writes, I love you. Text me ASAP when you get back. Well, around 5 a.m., Buddy picked up Jamie and they drove to the victim's home to carry out the murder. Wow. Both Buddy and Jamie had already been arrested and charged in the murder after the confessions the day after Billy and Billie Jean were killed. In October 2013, Buddy was found guilty for the murders and is serving two life sentences. Jamie Curd took a plea deal of 25 years in prison. In May of 2015, three and a half years after the shooting, Janelle and her mom finally went on trial. Janelle's lawyers attempted to paint this picture of Janelle that she was too sweet and innocent and frankly not intelligent enough to mastermind a murder. Why is that always the argument? This person's too dumb to murder. I know. I, I, don't, I don't. It's insulting, frankly. <laughs> I like, maybe I am smart enough, gosh darn it. Right. <laughs> I could do this. Well, one of the um, detectives had said, yeah, she might be lower functioning, but she's like got a PhD in manipulating her parents. Uh, that made me roll my eyes, though, because that's just said for the cameras. <laughs> also, this episode. true. I know. This it's episode true. on 2020 was called Hashtag Unfriended. Give me a Dateline episode any day. That was I can't stand that title. It <laughs> I roll my eyes. I love rolling my eyes at these kind of things. Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. That was the title of it. But whenever I searched for hashtag unfriended on YouTube, it actually originally brought me to a different case. It was a different episode. I don't know if it was another 2020, but it actually brought up the Skylar Niece case. Oh, yeah. And so that was kind of another one um, that was really terrible and sad. So if you go looking for it, you might find that one. But just keep digging and you'll find this one. <laughs> keep going through terrible things until yes. you find this one. Um, we'll put the notes or we'll put the link in our notes as well in the show notes. So they said that Janelle was functioning at a fourth grade level and that she would never be able to convince someone to commit murder. But detectives in the case didn't believe that, stating that even a fourth grader is capable of manipulating her parents into doing things, especially like this. Which is true. Yeah. And I have younger than fourth graders and they do a really right? good job. That's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> like, do you know the things my third grader could make me do? It's, I mean, it's how insane. many times, like just for an example, like at the grocery store, uh, my kids will be like, oh, can we have these, you know, cheese puffs that have fake everything on them and I'm like no and then whenever I'm loading up my car I'm like oh we got the cheese puffs <laughs> like you know it's just things like that so I'm like I don't know kids are sneaky and can be manipulative hopefully not to this degree oh my gosh yes hopefully <laughs> not my, to this degree Mandy well this hey I'm telling you this podcast is making me question everything I know I'm, <laughs> I have so many questions and what my children are capable of exactly <laughs> so after seven days of testimony the jury found Janelle and her mother guilty of first degree murder and they were both sentenced to life thank goodness yes so in interviews given from prison, Janelle and her mother continue to maintain their innocence. It's actually really psychotic the way they both deny having any involvement whatsoever, yeah. especially her mom. She is like, just doesn't even get it. Like she is, she can completely maintains this whole, I had nothing to do with it. I'm innocent. Um, you know, this guy, Jamie is the one who was in behind all of it. And, right. and why didn't you look into him more? Because he had access to my computer. So how do you know that? So what? He's just sitting there all day sending emails back and forth to himself. Like he said, like, honestly, you know, like, Mandy, I do think they could have looked into this a little more because this whole story is so crazy. Like that would just be the last twist. <laughs> right like all the only person involved in any of this was you just know what i'm guy. starting to think no <laughs> based on everything i saw they're literally all involved in this so to this day though janelle denies that she was behind the chris account and claims to have no clue who chris was they asked her like you know when he, she was being interviewed in jail and um I'm the worst. I don't even know the 2020 host's name. Nobody does. Okay, he's so a garbage. Whoever that guy was. Yeah. He was saying like, um, so, but you were Chris. And she was like getting all this fake upset crying. And she was like, no, mm -hmm. no, like I wasn't. Do Chris. that again, please. 
Nope, just once. Um, but yeah, so she was doing all this dramatic, like, no, it wasn't mean. I don't know who that was. And then she like leans over to her lawyer and she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so they yeah. get up and walk out of the interview. And it's like, really? Come on. Like, please. You know? <laughs> so Barbara also denies ever sending those emails where she talked about wanting these young people dead. So right. she that's when she came in and she was like, well, how do you know I sent those? Well, the main reason is because they were sent from your computer. Like, yeah. You know? But other than that. I don't know. know. All of the emails came from your computer. Right. So Barbara, of course, like we said in the beginning, this is a religious family. They believe in God. They go to church. They do all this. You know, they believe in heaven. And so, you know, she was asked whether she felt like she had a clean conscience. Did she feel like she was going to heaven? And of course she said, well, I didn't murder anyone. So yeah, like I'm fine. And, um, you know, they're like, well, really? Like, are you sure? Like yeah. you have nothing on your conscience? Like wanna, that you, you want to think about this real quick. Right. And so, um, but that's what her and Janelle both said. They said, nope, they have completely clear consciences. They had absolutely nothing to do with any of this. They were not involved in any way. And they have no explanation. Do you wonder how much of that is like denial and how much of that is like forced denial? Like how much of that do they believe? Like that I really didn't have a part of it. If this wouldn't have happened, we would have never had to take this versus like them really believing like I had nothing to do with it. Because some people can convince themselves that they had nothing to do with it. Well, yeah. And then especially if Janelle was a little bit more immature in yeah. that sense. Like I could see how she would block it out kind of, and, yeah, you yeah. know, especially if she did have herself convinced that she was being bullied. And by the way, guys, I didn't really look too deep into that. She may have been receiving some kinds of messages. I don't think that it was to the extent, I don't think anyone was saying we're going to take you and rape you or kill no. you. Like, there was I no, think she made all I, of that up. Everything um, I saw said that it was not, she wasn't getting that kind of stuff. It right. was just typical bully, whatever right. behavior between all of them. Her too. They were all doing it. Right. The moral of the story is you don't unfriend people. You just hide them. I'm going right? to start taking your advice now after this. Yes, I know. absolutely. Because so I am sense. terrified of unfriending anyone now. No, don't. <laughs> just hide them. It's, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the story of Billie Jean Hayworth and Billie Payne yes. Jr. Yes. Um, oh, and one last note. I'm sure everyone in here is wondering what happened to the baby. Yes. The baby is, I think, four years old now and is being raised by his maternal grandmother. And um, it seems like from what I found from my typical web sleuthing businesses that I go and do, that um, the baby is doing really well. And the whole family has kind of come together to help raise this baby and make sure he has family in his life. But that does not replace the fact that his parents were very selfishly taken from him yeah so but goodness. he's doing okay and he's he's a little preschooler now oh so we have a few on my datelines we got some good ones too i was super excited about this so the first one comes from morgan on facebook or in our facebook group rather she said on my dateline she knew someone was knocking at the door that evening saying wine delivery that it was too good to be true but the box in the pantry was almost empty. She felt she had no choice but to open the door. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so, Mandy, what was your response? Who delivers wine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of I don't course. mean like, and then um, another one of our listeners, Cassie, she came in and she was like, well, I'm assuming you don't mean like, you know, a subscription service. And no, that's not what I mean. I just want to know who will just... On the odd time that I'm like, I need wine right now. Who will just deliver me one bottle of wine? That person will murder you. If there's one person going around dropping off I wine need, at women's houses. I need like Uber Eats for like wine delivery. I think Publix, the grocery store, people that aren't familiar with it, I think they're starting to do that as part of their like Instacart thing that you can start doing that. Oh, really? But you know the minimum is going to be like $50 and I can't spend that much on it. Right. Anything. I was curious about that with the um, like grocery delivery services because of course, I mean, I guess they could just take your ID when you're at the door. Yeah. But that would be like a loophole. I feel like it, they would have to like make sure they made, you know, an effort yeah. to like verify somebody's age. Otherwise you're going to get like teenagers being like, hey. I'll, just, I'll just order like a whole bunch of groceries and sneak a bottle <laughs> of wine in there and like have them deliver it. <laughs> My mom's in the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. The next one is Abby in our Facebook group. She said, uh, on my dateline, 23-year-old dental assistant found dead in a house belonging to a friend of hers. The murder weapon seems to be toothbrushes with frayed heads and the ends sharpened like shanks. Friends and family said she was well-known for getting onto them for brushing too vigorously. 
<laughs> you know, that is so funny. Okay, so I know um, a friend of mine is a dental hygienist, and she has taught me that when you brush your teeth, you're only supposed to grip your toothbrush with your index finger and your thumb. You're not supposed to hold on to it and just start scrubbing away. Is that why I need like 14 canals at all times? Probably me too. <laughs> I've had so many cavities filled. But you're supposed to just lightly... I don't like it. I like to get in there and get it all scrubbed yeah. out. So my, I've done it that way my whole life. I'm not changing it now. Well, <laughs> I probably should consider it because I currently need to. Basically, I'm just scraping yeah. the enamel yeah. off my teeth every single right? time. My grandfather <laughs> used to say, you brush your teeth until they bleed. And I remember my sister <laughs> used to do that. Her teeth are amazing, though. So maybe she, she maybe she's right. onto something. I know. Two more quick on my date lines. The first one from Nikki in our Facebook group. Facebook group is where it's at right now. Uh, on my dateline begins with the narrator, better be Manx. That's <laughs> of the only one we allow at this point. Explaining that the overwhelmed sick mother of three had been trapped in the house with three understimulated, also sick kids. There was no way to know who started the rampage, but police suspect the two-year-old got fed up with her older brother and sister hogging Netflix for three days when they should have been in school. <laughs> <laughs> I love the term understimulated because you know that's exactly what happens. They like yes lose their minds yes. and you're like you just need to go outside just run for a little bit and it'll help everything and the last one is from our dear dear friend Stacy P and hers is on my dateline her kids wouldn't freaking go to bed the end <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate to that one <laughs> perfect so um thanks for sending those on my datelines in make sure you send us some more until we come up with a new hashtag have a lovely Christmas holiday Hanukkah yes Merry Christmas Happy Holidays everything that melissa said just, happy hanukkah etc yes yeah. we we wish everybody a happy everything that they celebrate just so. a happy life happy life yes happy life. For sure. <laughs> all right have a great week and we will see you guys next week bye guys murder road trip is a true crime podcast where i your host Haley, discuss murder cases in my car aka the mobile beats lab join me and my partner in crime hh gnomes on the road there will be games, mixtapes, and snacks as I make the research journey to murder scenes around the world. Make sure to check your back seat, and I'll see you at the next rest stop. Hey everyone, I'm Jamie, and I host a podcast called Murderish, which takes you inside stories of murder and other creepy events. The first episode of Murderish lets listeners be a fly on the wall for a first-degree murder trial. The story is told from a juror's perspective as I was that juror. If you are a true crime junkie and need to know every detail, you'll feel right at home with this podcast. Follow Murderish on Twitter at MurderishPod and on Facebook at Murderish Podcast. And don't worry, this doesn't mean you're a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.